This is Center Stage, putting your firm in the spotlight by highlighting business owners and other industry experts to help take your firm to the next level. Hey everyone, and welcome to Center Stage. I'm your host, John Henson, and this week, uh, talking more about educating your audience and just kind of figuring out maybe how to get started, maybe some of the best ways to go about doing it. And I am joined this week by someone who I think has done a really great job at figuring this sort of thing out. Um, She's got just this entire package put together. It's a real focus of her firm's business, and it's done wonders for just how her firm has grown and the impact that it's made uh, in her community. And that is attorney Carolyn Cromines. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So yeah, quick intro. Uh, What's your background? What are you practicing? What all do we need to know about you? Yeah, so I'm Carolyn Cromings. Um, I've been a licensed attorney for 17 years. And in that 17 years, I've done specifically construction. Uh, It was helpful that I did grow up in the construction industry. So I kind of learned about it there. And then um, in my last year of law school, actually, I started a material supply business with my husband. So I had some really grassroots experience that I can, you know, that I can meet on the same level of my clients, which I think is hugely yeah. helpful. And then, yeah. you know, I've just been running a firm since then. My firm started actually to help the collections of that company and just kind of has grown from there. Awesome. So yeah, like I mentioned kind of upfront, you know, the, the educational uh, side of your firm's marketing and, and just kind of how you nurture prospects along is really, really big. Why is it that you went with that sort of focus? You know, at first I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much information. I should be charging for this, right? But then what I really found is like, the more you put that out there, is first they learn that you're the expert. And then they learn, yeah, I really don't want to do this on my own, right? It's, it's worth hiring somebody to do it because if you just put it all out there, hey guys, here's the information. I, I'm telling you what I know. If you want to, you can do it by yourself. And they might start down that road and then they realize, just like me trying to take up marketing. I, I read a bunch of books and I quickly realized that I don't know what I don't know. And I should probably find somebody that's really good at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's one kind of shift that I've seen a lot more of that's been beneficial, obviously for, for our business, but just in the way that lawyers market themselves overall, you know, it used to be, like you said, you know, I have all this information. It's very special information. I'm going to, you're not going to get any of it for free. I'm going to charge for all of it. And you just need to basically have faith that I'm going to get the job done. But now what we're seeing is, you know, more and more people like you who they're giving that information away for free. And it's actually, like you said, provided more of a benefit that people realize like, oh yeah, I really don't want to do this on my own. Please help me out. No, absolutely. And I wrote, I wrote a a blog article on this is that for years, and I think it's obviously changing. It's always been the attorney is the man behind the curtain. They use words you don't understand. It's very secretive. And, and now, you know, we're pulling that curtain back and realizing that we can be a better help for our client if they can understand what we're saying. And it's not some mystery that it yeah. is to figure out. No, this is a, the things that I know can really help you run a better business. And so let me just lay it all out on the table. Um, and yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's so important of pulling back that, that veil of like, hey, the legal profession is needed, but we're more problem solvers solvers and then we yeah. are you know lawyers i mean that you, the skill that we have is we can see it and we can see we see the issue and how to solve it and and if if the client doesn't understand what you're saying then we're never going to get we're never going to be truly helpful we're just going to be somebody and people are tired of paying huge bills for something they don't understand yeah for sure so you know 
there are all kinds of different ways to show off that expertise. You mentioned blogging, um, which you guys do, video, another way to do it. One of the things that you've done, uh, and we've had episodes about why you should be doing this, but I, I wanted to get your perspective. You wrote a book. You had a book published. What made you decide to go that route? Uh, well, because we sat down and said, okay, where are we headed and how do we want to get there and how do we want to resonate with our audience? The book was at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. And I really um, truly didn't know how to do it or how to get there. And then all of a sudden I had all this time open up with COVID to, to kind of figure it out. <laughs> and then, it, you know, at the same, right before COVID hit, I, I had lost a trial and not because my client had done something wrong, but because he didn't understand the contract that he had signed. And so I realized what a huge issue that was. Um, And then really just putting it out there as, as you know, and I have to tell you, it's been a huge propeller for where my business has gone. Right. And then, you know, the book led to being on podcast interviews, which led me to other podcast interviews and, um, and just, and speaking engagements and, and, you know, just knowing people around the country. So it really was a great start. Don't be wrong. I I sell like five books a week, which is great. You don't, you're not going to make a million, bajillion dollars off of selling a book, but it's the authority that it gives you when you can say that you're a published author, right? Um, It's, it's a huge, it's a huge, you know, get you out there in front of a lot of people very easily. Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like in my personal life, like I've written like 20 books, just like on history and creative, like, I'm not going to tell people how many I've sold. I just like to tell people like, Hey, I've written 20 books and people are like, Whoa, that's really cool. So, but like, also it's, you know, the selling the books, like you mentioned, it's not, that's not the goal. It's the, the credibility building piece. Um, You know, could you talk for a second just about your experience in the entire publication process? Like how difficult was it? How much time, effort, you know, did you end up putting into it? Did you hire someone, someone on your team to it? Like, what was that process like? No, no, really. And so when I sat down, I was quite intimidated by the whole process, which I think everybody is like, and so I'm like, okay, I can work on the content, but I have no, it's like, I Google how to self-publish. I'm like, oh, and then, so the next thing that popped up was this great company out of Austin called Scribe Media. Mm. And, and I, you know, I don't know if you mind me giving them a plug because they really Go do a great job. He yeah. wrote it. Um, the guy that wrote the book, I hope they serve beer in hell. His name is Tucker Max. And he has wrote the book on how to write a book basically mm-hmm. and gives you the outline and very much he has a three-day workshop and it's very much putting you in the right mindset of writing a book, like being afraid of what people are going to say, being afraid that you can't do it. And like dealing with all of those things before you ever deal into dive into the actual outline of writing. Because yeah. I think that's a huge part of it is that, yeah. oh, how am I going to write this whole book? And it's, what if people don't like it? What if they put up bad reviews? Oh my, there's just so many things going through your head. You're, you're doubting yourself. And I think that's the first place and they do a great job. And then they take you all the way through the publishing and help you make Amazon bestseller. They have a, they have an add-on where they help you market through the end of it, um, which I did yeah. the first time, uh, which it, I think anybody, because when you write a book, you're really good at whatever the content is you're writing. You're not, you're not mm-hmm. good at writing books. They are, <laughs> they have a payment plan. It's awesome. You should really do. I mean, if you have anything you ever wanted to write about it, you know, it's still a lot of work, but it's such a smooth process yeah. I, that I would really compare it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I would say it's, it's really rewarding at the end. I mean, there's really something that's very gratifying and feels very special about holding a book that has your name on it. And yeah, yeah. yeah, something that you can display in your office. People come in be like, oh, okay. All right. This person's the expert and all of that. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I know you also have a podcast that you do. Um, I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, the book maybe led into the podcast, you know, how did you then decide to take up podcasting as part of your marketing? Yeah. So the book is called Quit Getting Screwed uh, because I'm dealing with the construction industry and that is very much their language. Um, And so at the same, like I was new to podcasts and I thought it was like the greatest thing. I'm like, well, I could do that too. And so we, yeah. and so, and I, you know, um, I have a marketing team that has really helped. And the, one of the girls was, it was a new hire that had helped somebody else get their podcast off the ground. And yeah. so I'm just like, let's try it. Let's see. And so now it's really, it's a huge educational platform, not, you know, and it's got, yeah. um, I'm doing a series right now about 50, the, the laws in all 50 States. And I have on expert attorneys from across the country about diving into lean laws. And then, it, you know, it's got, you know, the construction type stuff too, on for those specific guys, which I think is you'd be surprised how many people that, I mean, it's a free resource, right? But how many yeah. people have reached out to me because they listened to the podcast or something like, or I was on somebody else's podcast. It just, you know, of all those things you're plugging together to give yourself credibility. It's just another one in the layer. Yeah. So if I, if I hear you correctly though, it sounds like you just kind of sit down, press record, start talking, and then you have a good team behind you who gets it produced and published and, and gets it out there. Absolutely. They help me, you yeah. know, like they do all the, the stuff like, I, yeah, there's nothing I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> not, even, yeah. not even if I, I'm definitely not a tech person at all. Right. It right. took me a while to use to zoom and all this stuff, but yeah, yeah, having a team that that way you can do what you're good at, right. You're good at yeah. the interview and pulling up the questions and get the information out. And, and it's right. just, it just becomes a, a way streamlined process. Yeah, no. And I mean, I've been, I've been preaching this to our audience for a while, just the importance of podcasting and that it's really not as difficult as you think, especially if you get some resources around you. Um, so all you have to do, like you do is just press record and start talking. Uh, and, and so, yeah, really great. So what I think I, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you about <clears throat> is just, you know, you cut, you know, I know you have this big background in construction law, but I mean, even within that, I mean, there are so many different things that you can cover. How were you able to figure out what truly resonated with your audience so that you could do the book so that you could have a podcast that I know is doing really well? You know, how do you figure, how did you center in and find a way to resonate with your audience on the subject matter that you're covering? I felt their pain points, right. Through the clientele that I'm dealing with, I could feel where there were, and, and, and some of the pain points they knew and some of the pain points they didn't know, right? Yeah. Like understanding the contract, they signed, a lot of these guys are very trusting, right? So they just sign the contract and then they don't realize how it's going to hurt on the back end. And so really, re- like really, so what I do too, when I write articles, it's like, okay, I'm running this business. What do I think? What is important? You know what I'm saying? I really break it down to like stepping in their shoes. What things yeah. should I be afraid of? What pain point are they experienced that I, that I can help solve? that I can help yeah. solve. Um, because I think that's truly, and then, you know, if I start talking their language, right. And then, and then yeah. they're like, Oh, I know, you know, you know what I'm saying? That gives them a level of comfort. Yeah. And I think that that's a huge key to it is you're able to speak their language. You are able to kind of separate yourself from the lawyer world to where, you know, cause I think that's a big mistake that a lot of lawyers make is they center their content and they kind of uh, create their content to try to impress other lawyers. Yeah, no. And so then it becomes like all of this technical jargon. And then all of a sudden, like the people that you really need to reach, they're checking out because they, they're not getting anything from it. No, really. And you really have to write it from like, who is your audience? And would they understand what you're saying? Like when I write 
blog articles, I am not writing for another lawyer. I'm writing for my client. Like, and here's what they would understand. And I'll start it with a story of something that I've went through that they could resonate with. Right. I mean, yeah. I, think, I think that's just so important because don't be wrong. I could talk legalese all day long, but it's not going to give me the any clients because they don't know what the hell it means. Right. Exactly. So like, I mean, what, what advice would you have for someone? Like, let's say for example, maybe there's a family law attorney who's never been divorced. You know, how do they, how do they tap into their audience and, and really get those pain points? Like you talked about. I mean, listen to your clients, ask them. Yeah. What was the most, what was the most painful part about this process? What, what would have helped you? What, you know, dive into, to, you know, going through the experience through their eyes. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and how you can help them better. Right. And how they can be helped. And, you know, and especially in something like family law, I think, I think there's huge, huge things that you could talk about because everybody's, they're so scared, right? Yeah. They're scared in, in my business as well, but we're only talking about money. They're right. really scared when it comes down to their safety and their kids. Right. So how can you, there's fear there that you need to address and find out what the fear is and how you can help comfort them through that. Yeah. I love that. And, and, you know, I I mean, and you're, and you're a good example of like how, you know, I I think one of the, the more right ways, I don't think there's only one right way to do it, but like one of the right ways to do it is like you were in that construction world. And so it was a logical step for you to just practice construction law. I mean, you got your law degree, you could have easily gone and practiced business law. You could have easily been a business lawyer because you helped your husband start a business. And so there's a bunch of directions you can go. But, you know, I I think, you know, being able to immerse yourself in the world that you're practicing in really does help you resonate with your audience. No, absolutely. And I think you could do that at any level. Like, even if you were not, even if you didn't know anything about construction, you started practicing construction law and then, but take the time to get to know your clients, like go see their business, go see their operations and really le- learn who your ideal client is. So you can speak that language, right? Yeah. It's already got, I'm a lawyer and then I'm a woman. It's already got that kind of going against me. And so, but when I can say, oh, you know, this change order, I can talk the lingo and they're like, okay, now, you know, you know, that yeah. she knows what she's talking about, but exactly. it take, you're going to have to do a little bit more investment on getting to know your client. Yeah. Um, so kind of switch gears a little bit because um, one of the things that really impressed me in, you know, in, in how we got connected is, you know, your team sent me a, kind of your, your little press kit that you have and you have a bunch of different stuff on there. You got some speaking things, some book signings, and you've got the fees associated with it. So I think, you are a lot farther ahead in your overall branding strategy than I think a lot of other lawyers might be who are, who are going down this expertise route and, and really trying to elevate themselves. So I love it. I, I, I love that you've got all of that information put together because it makes, you know, someone like me makes my job a lot easier to try to figure out, you know, where we can fit in, in on the show and everything. But how did you decide on your value as an expert when it came to putting that together and, and what you might charge for someone who wants you to come speak to them or anything like that. I Googled other speakers with similar <laughs> levels. I, I mean, honestly, I did. Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, we, we, and sometimes I get contacted by associations that don't have the money to pay. And so I'll kind of, we'll work a deal of kind of a barter deal and I'll go speak and um, you know, I'm flexible on it. Uh, so, but that's, that's how I figured it out. Like, somebody new to speaking who hasn't done it before, kind of what are their, what are their rates and um, kind of just kind of went from there. And, you know, we've had several speaking engagements, which um, is a whole nother ballpark. I mean, as lawyers, we're pretty good speakers anyways, but being in front of a group like that, but it's really been um, 
a great eye-opening experience and a great way to get in front of a lot of people at one time. And so like, um, you know, there's associations for everything and they're always looking to having events and they're always looking for speakers. So that's been a great way to get out there on the educational platform. But then when I do it, it's truly educational, right? Yeah. I'm not selling. I'm just talking about whatever topic they want to know about. And don't be wrong. It always leads to somebody contacting later on, but it's right. very much just educational. Yeah. So, and so we'll kind of end on that note, you know, it's like when you, how do you put together your presentation? If someone reaches out like, Hey, we want you to come speak, you know, maybe they have a topic that they want you to talk about. Maybe they just want you to come and share your expertise. How do you put together a presentation that, you know, obviously gets your messaging across, but is it engaging enough so that people can get something from it and remember you afterwards? Yeah. So the key part to that is like, who, who, who's, who's going to be the audience. Right. And I want to make sure that I'm talking to what they want to know. Right. If I'm talking to commercial contractors, I'm diving into the parts, the risky parts of a commercial contract. If I'm talking to residential contractors, it's what should be in your contract. Right. Very much. And so really dive into what they want to know. Right. And then throw in lots of examples. I always want to hear examples of what you've been across in the past and how it worked out. It, did it work out now? and how, if it didn't work out what they could have done better. Right. And so I don't usually, my, my presentations are not heavy on text. I kind of give a handout that goes with that. Yeah. That's got heavier Smart. text, but usually just little bullet points to remind me to say, you know, here's the example, here's what this means. Um, and then, like I said, lots of examples. And I always leave time for questions too. I think that's hugely helpful. Um, yeah. even in a big group. And cause usually if somebody has a question, somebody else has the same question. So, yeah, for uh, sure. But it's, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I've learned, especially, you know, whether it's a big group or a small group is that people will have questions regardless. And it's just a matter of, are they warmed up enough to ask them? And so one thing that I've started doing is I will, I will field questions beforehand, you know, like, you know, maybe privately, especially if we're doing like a webinar or something like, Hey, send me your questions. I'll make sure to get them at the end. And then you kind of have some of those canned questions at the end that you can get the ball rolling. And then that makes people feel a little bit more comfortable sharing, you know. And I think I usually do something in the, in the beginning too, that makes the, like, I'm just another person. I'm a human, Rick, we're all humans. Right. Yeah. And I don't want them to be intimidated by, you know, by the fact that I'm up here with all this knowledge. It's like, you know, I'm yeah. good at what I do, but you're really good at what you do. And you could teach me, you know, something like that. Yeah, it's for like, sure. And, and yeah. And that's, and that's something that, that, I've been talking about for, for a long time is people are just naturally intimidated by lawyers. Um, you know, I mean, I've told this story a lot, you know, before I worked here, I had this image in my head that like all lawyers were just like super mean, scary people. And then I got into, I I started working with a bunch of lawyers and it's just like, no, you guys are just regular people. You have specialized knowledge and skills like other people. Yeah. And, you know, and so it's, it's bringing that out and, and doing everything that you can to, to really humanize yourself and, and really make it, make yourself seem relatable. No, I agree. I agree. Because people want experts, but they don't want somebody that they can't relate to or they don't feel comfortable with. Exactly. Yep. Well, I, I mean, that, those were all of the questions that I had, uh, you know, and just kind of going through everything. And so, you know, I, I think that this was really illuminating. You know, I, I love, just kind of the insight and just walking through your process of, of everything that you put together. Um, how can people check out the podcast and all the other stuff that you got going on? Yeah. So the podcast is at uh, quick getting screwed on any platform, Apple, 
apps, um, Spotify, all the things. The Chromings Law Firm is a really good example of blog articles and just a lot of content there. And then another um, website we created is called Subcontractor Institute, which is really my free educational platform that I've built when I was working on launching the books um, with a yeah. lot of free information there too. Um, so yeah, check out all those places. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and again, you know, it's just like, well, I'm not a construction lawyer. No, like look at the process and the framework and look at how it was built because you can absolutely, you know, you know, build something, you know, in your own world uh, that does that. So we looked, um, at, we looked at tons of other lawyers that were not construction <laughs> lawyers when we were doing this. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I do have one final question for you. Uh, it's one we ask everyone here on center stage. And that is, if you had one final piece of advice for our listeners, what would it be? You, you need to do marketing. You need to hire somebody to do your marketing. I struggled for years on realizing I knew that I needed it. I didn't know exactly way to go and you can't just throw money at it. Mm. Do your research, find somebody who's talented, who's got the results, talk to their, get references, talk to their clients. Um, it, it, if you want to make it, it is, it is definitely required now. Um, uh, and then find the expert. Don't think you can figure it out. It's a lot more complicated <laughs> yes. than you think. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, I, yeah, I completely agree. You know, it's whether you have like uh, full-time staff, which I know that, that you do who handles your marketing or you're hiring it out to a vendor. Absolutely. Absolutely. An important part of, of running a law firm these days. So that is going to do it for us this week. Uh, really appreciate all the feedback and, and all of the ratings and reviews that you guys are, are putting in. If you haven't done so yet, please do leave us a review. It does help. There's a reason we keep asking and it, and it, and there's a, you know, has to do with rankings and how more people can see the show and how we can help more people and grow the audience. And so it is important. And so if you have not left a review yet, please do so. But that's going to do it. Carolyn, thank you so much for bringing your insight. Uh-huh. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. To learn more, go to spotlightbranding.com slash center stage.